Welcome to QUT Exec Insights, brought to you by QUTX, professional and executive education for the real world. I'm your host, Kate Joyner. Next week, the Australian Academy of the Humanities will meet in Brisbane, celebrating their 50th year with the theme, Humanising the Future. The symposium will explore how the future is currently being imagined and ask whether we can humanise the digital future. The conference is being convened by QUT Distinguished Professor Stuart Cunningham, who is my guest today. Stuart is a research leader in the Creative Industries Faculty and is internationally recognised for his contributions to media, communications and cultural studies, and for exemplifying their relevance to industry practice and government policy. His standing in the field has seen him appointed or elected to numerous national, state and international bodies and awarded several honours, including the Order of Australia. Hi, Stuart. Hi, Kate. Good. Do you wear your Order of Australia pin? Is that, I, what, <laughs> I, what, what I is do the when I wear a suit. About that? <laughs> oh, just, I, I so. do wear I, when I wear a suit, but yeah. I, I don't try to attach it to a, 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 a shirt that I might change every day. <laughs> I think if I had that pin, I think I would wear it at every possible opportunity. Well, thank you. <laughs> so, Stuart, um, we're all fascinated, as we are here in the graduate school, about uh, what the world will look like in the future, and particularly what the world of work will look like. In fact, it's a it's a you know large line of consulting at the moment. Everyone seems to have a view, but um, I've seen you observe that much of the narrative um, is about the impact of technology, so robots, AI, machine learning, and and um, so on. And it seems to come from the mindset that this is an ine- inevitability of some kind. So technology will do these things to us as if we had no choice in the matter. So I think there's an alternative story and I think you might be able to tell it. What, what might that alternative story be about the world and, and work in the future? Yes, it, it, is, a, it is a fascinating thing, this, this propensity, this human propensity for uh, believing that the, uh, the world will transform, will transform itself through one or two major uh, vectors, one or two major influences. We, we have, as humans, uh, a real propensity for uh, buying into grand narratives. Um, now, you know, grand narratives take all sorts of forms. Uh, they can take the form of uh, end-of-days narratives, uh, uh, prognostications of the withering way of the state. Uh, people have been excited and reassured and, frankly, terrified of these end of days, uh, these grand narratives of uh, the fate of, of humankind. And I suppose there was a, a time in the 1970s, it was, it was called postmodernism, when um, uh, a French uh, theorist, Jean-Francois Lyotard, talked about an incredulity toward meta-narratives. That is, we should scale down and, and think much more pragmatically and break down these big narratives. But really, humanity has, I think, shown a, a great predilection. And these days, we are, we are very much uh, uh, told that one of our great, I think, one of the great grand narratives is that the fourth industrial revolution will take us into the future. Now, this was set off, I think, or at least one of the, the, the big factors that set this off was a, a very influential uh, study in, uh, in 2013 uh, that said that it was up to 47% of the US workforce was subject to substitution by automation, computerization, automation. And that really threw the cat among the pigeons. Um, 
Interestingly, over this uh, that period of time since 2013, when that uh, that work was done, there's been a kind of series of stepbacks as people have sought to really build on this, hone it, refine uh, the thinking about how we can most usefully uh, uh, predict or plan for the future of work. And now um, there is a much stronger sense that automation is one amongst many factors. Technology by itself does not, is not going to um, create the future or destroy the future. Technology is embedded in a whole range of other major factors and, and so I'm particularly uh, fascinated by uh, a study um, uh, that was done um, in 2017 by, uh, published by Pearson and uh, a lot of work done by the National Endowment for Science, Technology and the Arts in the UK, led by uh, a, a colleague of mine, Hassan Bakshi, who will speak at the, uh, the conference that you're talking about, the, symposium, the 50th anniversary symposium of the Australian Academy of the Humanities. In that work, four other major drivers, along with automation, so globalisation, urbanisation, uh, the ageing population and the green economy were identified as being as important as automation. Now, in a sense, that's sort of self-evident when we think about it, but, but really, is our grand narrative adequately nuanced to give us the tools and the confidence to move and the challenges to move into the future? Yes, and there's the, the challenge also that, um, I mean, is it... Uh, each one of those drivers, uh, and you know, more than technology, uh, do we exercise agency? Um, in, do, do we make choices about a preferred future, or does it hurtle us inevitably uh, to uh, something that's predetermined for us? So, if we did have agency, what might what might that, that agency be? What choices do we have? Do you think? Well, yes. I mean, one of the problems with grand narratives is that is that we think that they are beyond human agency. They are happening to us. Mm. And this is being played out, of course, in the in the climate emergency that scientists are and they've just drawing just spoke about attention. this morning. Yeah, they've they've heightened the the uh, alarm level. I think just this morning. I think that are that are that are, are drawing to our attention uh, with greater and greater urgency. The the sense has always got to be. Uh, as we contemplate catastrophe, I- imminent catastrophe, we must also have the tools by which we can avert that catastrophe. And, and so the, the question of agency is, uh, is, is extremely important. We have to really think through the ways in which beyond the, below the grand narratives and the, the clamorousness that they provoke in us, what are the planning systems? What are the knowledge systems that are in place to to take us into the future? And when we think in these terms, we think of all the ways in which uh, urban planning uh, is subject to um, strong knowledge systems that we, as as scholars and and uh, and those in universities, can contribute to better urban planning. How do we how do we deal with a, uh, these are all subjects that I that I'm mentioning are, are going to be topics in our symposium next week. Um, how do we 
how do we have an urban planning uh, approach that is really about the the biosphere as well as the future of humans. Cities are as much a part of the biosphere uh, and an increasingly important part of the biosphere as uh, the rest of uh, you know the, our in Australia our countryside, our rural and regional. Our our our, um, our our seascapes, etc. Cities are part of the biosphere. How do we plan to to ensure that the non-human elements of cities are as important in our planning as the human elements? That's that's very important around um, urban planning. Um, we we need to think, for example, when we are going to look at humanising the digital future, that the idea that um, the vast these vast corporations, the so-called GAFA, um, Google, Amazon, Facebook, Apple, uh, there are all sorts of other acronyms for these these huge companies, um, the fir- you know the top five or six companies in the world by capital uh, capital expenditure are um, are these digital companies. Um, we have a, a strong grand narrative emerging that says their algorithmic control and surveillance of us is leading us to new dystopias. Well, our human agency to deal with the uh, the ways in which uh, we can command greater control over our own private data and how governments have to respond to these through regulation, appropriate levels of regulation, of these uh, companies is uh, very much an emerging agenda. Um, So these are some examples of the ways in which human agency, I I believe, are as important to focus on as we move uh, into the future. The planning systems, the knowledge systems that we can contribute to and bring to bear on vast forces that seem to be beyond human control. So with my, um, with my teacher hat on, what I've heard there is that we have to have the capacity for, I think, systems thinking, um, for critical thinking and an idea about what is the good life, um, as philosophers would say. So that's, a, that's an abundance of um, what I think comes from the humanities, Stuart. Mm. So when, when we think about the skills of the future and I hear about the workforce of the future and those statistics about, you know, job uh, skills displacement and so forth, it's frequently about a story about STEM, um, so science, technology, um, engineering and maths. But what yes. I've, I've heard you articulate there is a whole bundle of, of other kinds of knowledges and understandings that we'll need if we if we are to exert this human agency. And I think there's some good research about that kind of idea which you might share with us. Well, this is this is something that I've been working on for twenty years uh, here at QUT. I I uh, am often seen as someone who is doing the arm waving about. Well, don't forget the humanities, arts, and social sciences. In fact, some people, our audience might be surprised that we have humanities here at QUT. It, it doesn't fit with uh, the idea about technology, but well, there you go. But all does that's it. A, that's a very good point. Mm-hmm. Um, if I may. Um, simply say that uh, of the uh, of the last round of Australian Research Council Centres of Excellence, we're participating in two of these new centres of excellence. One is called Automated Decision Making and Society, 
which is dedicated, which we will be um, a, uh, a major node of, uh, is dedicated to exactly the kinds of questions that I've raised just there around the uh, the so-called dystopian threats of the of the the vast digital corporations and their surveillance and control and and uh, and uh, detailed knowledge of of, um, of of humans who participate in them. Um, and also of um, the new centre of excellence in the digital child, which the digital uh, which, child, which QUT will be leading. And is that out of the, that's out of Creative Industries or Education? It, it's it's based in education. It's right. led by Susan Danby, Professor mm-hmm. Susan Danby. Our um, our Creative Industries footprint is there uh, as well uh, through um, Associate Professor Michael Desjuani. Uh, so uh, Digital Child will be led out of QUT. It's about supporting uh, and uh, uh, su- n- supporting and nurturing uh, the digital child um, of the of the future. And so both very future oriented. One in um, one in uh, early childhood, so zero to eight, focused. Uh, that is the digital child. The other. A, a centre of excellence in automated decision making in society, which ranges across uh, four or five major areas of the economy: uh, media, health, transport, uh, for example. So, um, when it comes to the question of the contribution of the humanities, uh, in and of course I come from the communications and media uh, field of the humanities. The, these contributions are recognised as at the cutting edge of uh, um, public investment in uh, research and science in Australia, uh, and and so I would like I would like to get beyond the arm waving <laughs> stage. You know, don't forget the humanities, arts mm. and social sciences, the so-called house sector, when everyone is talking about our future being determined by. There's that bad word determined again you know um, technologically determined by stem by stem we we really do need to get beyond these binaries um, now when we when we look at the the work that I alluded to earlier by um, Hassan Bakshi of Nesta the National Endowment for Science Technology and the Arts we see that this work has really uh, brought to bear some of the, the key skills requirements based on very sophisticated data analytical um, uh, breakdowns of, um, of both expert knowledge and machine learning. So using the, the best quality qualitative inputs and, the, uh, and best practice machine learning uh, uh, anal- analysis, what are the outcomes? The outcomes. Well, what's very striking is that creative skills and critical thinking are are way at the top of the skills uh, needed in the future. Now, lots of people are saying that. It's not new. But this is not coming from a special pleading point of view. It's not coming from the creative industries. This is coming from people who are doing uh, deep machine learning on... um, uh, vast databases in both the UK and the US. Um, So creative skills and critical thinking, system skills, as you say, system skills which are uh, very much about learning how everything fits together. And and when you think about that, you're thinking of um, qualitative 
approaches such as case method, uh, which of course business faculty specialise in, um, case method is is a critical uh, way in which uh, system skills can be honed, refined and, and challenged. So system skills, creativity, uh, the, the, uh, the inter- interpersonal and communication skills, sounds obvious but seriously very good interpersonal and communication skills are the basis of collaboration which is another absolute desideratum in, in about the uh, future of work. So a lot of these Studies have shown these things, but when you when you look at the the the, the deep componentry of the f- of what skills will make up what component skills will make up the jobs of the future. So breaking down the the, the grand narrative is about oh forty seven percent of of known jobs may be subject to automation. But you break down to the the skills components of jobs, and there is a very strong story there to be. Uh, told about really let's get beyond the STEM has um, humanities, arts and social sciences versus science, technology, engineering and maths. And I, I, I would want to say that there's a, an extremely good example of this um, in, in Queensland right at the moment. Um, a, a study by the Queensland government, CSIRO and Data61 called the New Smarts Study has has just come out, and uh, right at the very start of it, it refers to um, some of the uh, the strongest research performers in Queens, from based in Queensland, on the national stage. QUT's communications and media area is the top ranked national. Yes, it is. Uh, Congratulations uh, uh, in in that discipline. And it's quoted there in that report as being the case. And we hear that these research strengths provide a strong foundation for growing Queensland's knowledge economy. But nothing more in the report about communications and media. Yes, and and why they're they're required. Mm. Well, it's just a problem that the rest of the report, and this is pretty standard practice, goes on to talk about STEM, 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 STEM and STEM. And it simply doesn't engage with the much more nuanced, much more exciting ways in which these discipline sets across the broad STEM and the broad HASS fields need always to be brought together uh, for there to be any uh, pathway towards commercialisation, pathways towards social embedding, social acceptance, um, and social a- um, adoption. Uh, and that's probably the most coherent um, argument I've heard um, for that uh, that kind of way of thinking, Stuart. So thank you for that. Um, and it's certainly um, – and those kind of skills we, we teach in the in our graduate schools as well. So systems thinking actually is um, is one of my <laughs> – one of my teaching areas. So and, – and growing in importance all the time. So the government is certainly calling for systems thinking skills and critical thinking skills and communication skills. Uh, so, um, you know, what we would sometimes have called the soft skills but mm. no longer soft. So – the, the ability to, to work in a network, for example, um, um, how to be diplomatic, for example, how to communicate them in these networks, um, I, I think are incredibly important and, and I'll, I'll keep hand-waving for them. <laughs> yes, I'd like to, I'd like to um, really move the 
debate from soft versus hard, yes, which exactly. is which, which are very it's not helpful. Uh, they're not helpful to knowledge systems. Mm. The idea that there are as elaborated as important knowledge systems that derive from the humanities, arts and social sciences as they do from the STEM um, uh, uh, disciplines. And and those knowledge systems in combination are what, um, if they're done um, rigorously, ethically and with, with hopefully a bit of luck, we can avert some of the, the, uh, the catastrophic scenarios that uh, futurologists often paint us. Uh, uh, paint paint for us. Mm. In, in the time we've got left, Stuart, so you've mentioned a couple of really exciting new research areas, so the digital child um, and uh, and your other you know successful ARC. So what what kinds of questions are we asking in the creative industries faculty at the moment? Um, so what's exciting researchers in that area? Well, as I, as I've said earlier, the the uh, the fact that automated decision-making in society, mm. led by um, our good colleagues that we've worked with for a long time at, at RMIT, uh, but with QUT as the, um, as the second node of this centre of excellence. Um, this, this is really exciting work. It builds on the earlier centre of excellence, which was the first uh, centre of excellence uh, led by the humanities. Uh, which I, I led from tw- 2005 to 2014. That was called Creative Industries and, and Innovation, um, where, where we, were, we, we, we spent eight or nine years folding the creative industries into the broader innovation system, which, to allude to earlier comments, has always been very STEM-centric, but which increasingly... Uh, people who, um, who, who who study innovation systems and those who seek to put them into practice uh, in practical terms increasingly see the importance of bringing the two bodies of knowledge, the two sets of knowledge systems together. So we, we see that uh, we, we, uh, we achieve some important things in that uh, work uh, in the first centre of excellence. Now we've We've uh, been part of winning another one, which is really very much about uh, the ways in which automated systems uh, can be both a problem, um, as I was alluding to earlier with the with the Google, Amazon, Facebook, Apple kind of conundrums we face about their business model. This is the most successful business model yet invented in the in the in the digital era. Uh, their business model is to um, suck data from us and provide us in many cases with brilliant free services. So we're looking, you know, we're just looking at how do we, how much price are we prepared to pay in that area? So there's, there, there are downsides, but there are, there are significant upsides as well. How do we, how do we get blockchain working for us, not just in fintech, but also around questions of smart contracting? Um, around opportunities for independent artists, for example, to uh, to ensure that they are paid properly in perpetuity for their work. For, uh, this is one of the areas that that we'll be talking about next next week at the symposium. So that's a, there, there's some examples of I think exciting work uh, in uh, in our field, um, and and of course uh, the digital child, as I've said, is. Is a uh, is an, a, a very important piece of work uh, led out of out of QUT, uh, which will uh, which will uh, the the centrepiece of which is a longitudinal study 
going from birth through to um, eight years, the, the, the expected lifetime of the centre, looking at the ways in which a, a child from birth through to year eight um, is a, a whole panel um, selection of these children in, in Australia. Uh, this is rich data, new data on, uh, on the ways in which uh, the digital is affecting childhood. Um, look, the last thing that I'd want to say that, that I'm very, very much focused on uh, in my research is, is exactly about jobs in the future of work and the place of the creative industries uh, as a job creator, a job generator. Uh, we do statistical work in this area. We do qualitative work in this area. And uh, it's a very strong story. The creative industries are, by employment, uh, growing at twice the rate of the national um, uh, economy. And they are a place where um, resilient, um, relatively non-substitutable by automation jobs are being created. And, and we are finding these jobs um, in all sorts of places around Australia, not just in the inner city uh, tech hubs. Fantastic. Oh, thanks so much, Stuart. And I wish you uh, well for your 50th symposium next week. And I think uh, one of the many things that I've learned, but one, uh, I've learned many things, but one of the joys of the interview was to hear the word desideratum. <laughs> I'll be pondering that word for some time. So thanks very much, Stuart. Okay. Thanks very much, Kate. Thanks for joining us for this episode of QUT Exec Insights brought to you by QUTX, Executive Education for the Real World. You can comment on the podcast or make suggestions for future guests at execinsights at qut.edu.au. We would love to hear from you. If you would like more information about professional development for yourself or your team, please search QUTX, that's Q-U-T-E-X, and you will find our full range of programs. I'm your host, Kate Joyner, with sound recording and editing by Lance Scaife-Elliott. See you next time.